With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include child murder, torture, and sexual, domestic, and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories and leave out unnecessary details that, honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. Before we start this week's episode, and something I didn't address properly throughout the episode and I do feel is important to this story, Star's mother, Frankie Smith, was a victim of domestic violence. She was a victim. And I know firsthand that leaving a violent relationship is not easy. And you may leave, but then you're pulled back into the same relationship because these perpetrators know exactly what to say to regain control. If any of you out there are curious or want to know the inner workings of this dynamic, I strongly suggest watching Made on Netflix. Being a survivor myself, this was a very difficult watch, but I really resonated with the main character, and I feel that it explains how damn hard it is to leave. In saying all of that, Smith was Star's mother, and she was responsible for keeping that little girl safe. Smith had a large and willing support system that would have been more than happy to take Star temporarily or permanently, like they had throughout Star's entire short life. At any time, Smith could have removed Star from that horrible situation, but she didn't. And now this beautiful, innocent 16-month-old baby is dead. And again, like we have seen week after week this year, the child protection system failed, and they didn't act when they could and should have to keep this baby safe. Another child, a victim of the COVID lockdown period. This is Star's story. The overriding question being asked tonight is just how did they miss it? After repeated warnings and multiple referrals, the authorities in Bradford failed to recognise eight months of abuse leading to this child's murder. Five times, worried family and friends called social services, but on each occasion their complaints weren't thoroughly followed up or ignored entirely. Star Hobson was born May 21, 2019, to 17-year-old Frankie Smith and Jordan Hobson. Smith was the youngest of five children, and she would be described by her family as very young and immature for her age. She was still playing with dolls right up into her mid-teens. Smith didn't find school easy. She didn't do well academically and was often bullied. Her IQ was around the bottom 2% of the population. Smith was naive and compliant and was just likely to go along with whatever anyone told her to do. What Smith did have, Smith really had every advantage in the world though. Her family, her extended family, they were loving and supportive and they were there for Smith and later Star, whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. Jordan was in care and living in supported accommodation at the time of Star's birth. This relationship was very on and off. It seemed quite toxic as well, and there was at least three occasions where Smith's family called the police to separate the couple. But Smith and Jordan finally split for good when Star was only four months old, but he would still have contact with his daughter through supervised visits in his parents' home. For what it's worth, Jordan Hobson really seemed to turn his life around for his daughter. He stopped getting into trouble with police. He mended the relationship with his parents. He was accepted into Birmingham University, studying criminal justice. He really wanted to be a good father and a good role model for Star. But the separation of Star's parents wasn't the only disruption in the little girl's life. Smith would move often, and there seems to be periods, regular periods, where Smith wasn't even around and other family members were caring for the baby full-time. 
Despite all of this, Star was developing and growing and meeting all of her milestones. Star would be described by family as the easiest baby, who just went with the flow. She would grow into an inquisitive toddler who loved listening to music and bouncing along to the music, holding onto the couch or her baby walker. She was always giggling and laughing. Star's family who seemed to be more in her life than her mother during at least the first six months of Star's life. They would call Star a joy, and you couldn't help but fall in love with this gorgeous, big blue-eyed toddler. Both sides of Star's family were besotted with her. After this honeymoon period of having Star, though, Smith went back to her old life, just showing how young and immature she was and really not ready for the responsibilities of motherhood. She would act like any other single 18-year-old would. She would go out drinking and partying, often with her own mother, which there was nothing wrong with that, if Smith wasn't a mother to an infant daughter. And I'm really trying not to judge Smith right at this time in Star's life. I couldn't imagine being an 18-year-old mother. It wouldn't have been easy, my God, at her age. I was drunk every weekend and just being a dumb kid. I wasn't thinking about caring for an entire other life. I was barely thinking about my own future. And I was a fairly level-headed kid. Debatable, depending on who you ask, but that's another story for another day. What I'm trying to say here is, I really don't think Smith was in any way ready to be a mother. One of the places Smith would frequent was the Sun Hotel in Bradford, where she would meet who family members would later describe as the devil. Quote, Frankie was normal before she met her. She came from the bowers of hell. Anyone you ask would say the same thing. Unquote. October 2019. Smith met 26-year-old security guard Savannah Brockhill. Brockhill was also a dog handler and an amateur boxer. Brockhill was on the door at the Sun Hotel in Bradford, and the two immediately hit it off. Their relationship would be very on and off, but any breakup would be short-lived, and the two would be back together only days later. A lot of tension in the relationship was mainly because of Brockhill's jealousy, which should have been a massive warning right from the start. Smith was a gorgeous woman, and she attracted attention whenever she went out. Brockhill would threaten Smith and others if anyone showed an interest in her girlfriend. She asserted her ownership over Smith quite publicly. She would post a warning on Snapchat, threatening anyone who would talk to or friend request or communicate at all with Smith. And if they did, she would kneecap them, happily giving herself the title of, quote, number one psycho, unquote. Guys and girls need to remember the fact that Frankie is with me. She keeps getting a lot of message requests and friends requests. She's not going to accept, especially tramps like yous. And if you want to keep your kneecaps, I suggest you stop sending her them. She's with the number one psycho. Now, Brockhill was not the type of person that should have ever been allowed around Star. She was aggressive and would anger easily. Brockhill also had a long history of domestic abuse in previous relationships, most recently resulting in a restraining order in 2015. Family would notice an immediate change in the normally giggly and happy toddler. That star seemed sad and depressed. Smith's grandparents would later testify in court they believed Brockhill was very controlling in their relationship from early on. Brockhill was obsessed with Smith, and this obsession would soon extend to Star. Brockhill would speak of wanting to change Star's surname to her own, because Star wasn't Jordan's baby anymore. Star was hers. Star's grandparents and great-grandparents weren't allowed to see Star anymore. Their access to Star was extremely restricted when previously it was as much and as long as they wanted to have. This is all such glaring warning signs very early on. And from a safeguarding perspective, this should have been enough for everyone involved in Star's life to completely remove Brockhill from having any contact with the baby, before any physical abuse started. It actually makes me so angry because Brockhill showed enough red flags right from the get-go that she should have not had any opportunity to harm this sweet little girl. By this point, Smith seemed more interested in her relationship with Brockhill than caring for her own daughter. And the issue being 
there was no endless number of family members willing to stand up and take Star because simply Brockhill wouldn't allow it. But Smith was neglecting Star, feeding her formula for a four-month-old baby instead of the eight-month-old infant Star was now. And not only that, Smith would just give Star the bottle to feed herself and walk away. Now, anyone who has had a baby would know that they're still learning to control their limbs at this age. There would be no way that eight-month-old Star had the coordination skills to feed herself an entire bottle of milk without assistance. A friend of Smith, Pete Penman, would later state that Smith confided in him that Brockhill was not only violent towards her, but also Star. That Brockhill would hit Star if she or Smith herself did something Brockhill didn't like. But Smith said that she didn't feel that she could do anything because Brockhill was a bouncer and a lot stronger than her. Pete, being a great friend, told Smith to leave the relationship and go to social services, get help. But again, Smith did not want to end the relationship. And she didn't want to go to social services because she was scared she would lose Star. This is ridiculous to me. There would have been no way social services would have taken Star off her, unless she remained in this dangerous and abusive relationship, which Smith showed no sign of wanting to leave. Another friend of Smith's, Holly Jones, who was one of the few people Brockhill would allow to babysit Star. Holly would babysit Star on the weekends while Brockhill worked and partied with Smith. Holly would later testify in court that Smith had started to dress more demure and talking differently, and she had black eyes and bruises on her back. Smith would admit that these came from Brockhill, but wouldn't go into detail why. When Holly would tell her friend that she didn't have to put up with all of this, Smith would say, quote, that she didn't feel the pain, unquote. This concerned Holly so much that she couldn't remain silent. She could see this relationship ending in tragedy. So in January 2020, Holly was meeting with a domestic abuse organisation to recover from her own experience in an abusive relationship. Holly would mention her concern for Star's well-being as well as Smith. Because of this, a welfare check was requested and the police, along with a social worker, completed a home visit with the family. Now, these referrals to social services are supposed to be anonymous, but for some bizarre reason, social services would call Smith beforehand and tell her that it was her friend Holly who was responsible for the report. It's not only making it that much harder for Holly to remain in Star's life, the only person now allowed to be in Star's life that had the best interests of her at heart, but also giving Smith a heads up that they were coming to give her an opportunity to hide or cover up any abuse that was happening. So, of course, by the time social services arrived at the home, they found there was no child protection concerns and it was case closed. Sadly, like we have seen far too many times in this podcast, social services were wrong. Wrong on so many levels. There were definite reasons for concerns here. Star was loved and cherished by her aunt Alicia and by her great-grandparents. She was just a bubbly little smiley baby. Come here. She was adored too by her regular babysitter, Holly. She loved playing or dancing. She never liked toys or playing with like toys. She'd much rather like play hide and seek. Star, do you love your mum? But Star's playful nature seems to have abandoned her in this clip with mother Frankie Smith. Smith admitted in court she'd been a cruel mum. Only a month later, in February 2020, Smith would turn up at the home of her grandparents, David Fawcett and Anita Smith. Smith would beg Anita to take nine-month-old Star, that Brockhill had ended their relationship and because of that, she couldn't care for Star anymore. This wasn't a surprise to Anita. As I said, the couple would have these explosive arguments and break up, only to make up a day or so later. But because everyone was so concerned for Star and how the baby no longer looked happy, she was no longer smiling. Anita was more than happy to take the baby for as long as she could. Anita found a Star with a bad nappy rash, but with a little care, this soon healed. David would later state that he had never seen such a sad and depressed baby before. And that's so sad to me hearing Star being described as this. She is still such a baby. She is only nine months old here. Nine-month-old babies should never be depressed. 
Anita and David fed her and showed her love. And after just a few days, Star would return to this happy and content toddler she was before. She was crawling and pulling herself up on furniture. She was inquisitive and hilarious and loved nothing more than splashing in the bathtub. Anita and David would have Holly continue to babysit for Star on weekends to try to keep some normality for the baby, and she too would notice a massive change in Star. During this time, Brockhill and Smith would quickly recommence their relationship, and the same toxic behaviour continued. Brockhill would become paranoid Smith was cheating on her. She sent messages to Smith's sister, quote, I'm broken. I'll stab someone tonight. I swear. I'll go to your mum's house tonight. She's everything. I'm not having it. Unquote. There are so many reasons why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. It is the perfect way to keep your New Year's resolution to be healthier and eat fresher, without all the stress of what to make and decoding confusing recipes. Everything you need is included, so there is no forgetting a crucial ingredient and having to make a panic trip to the grocery store. One of our amazing listeners, Sarah, got to try HelloFresh this month and she loved it. It is freezing where she is right now, and the last thing Sarah wanted to do was go grocery shopping, which, to be honest, who likes doing anyway? And what's the alternative? Expensive takeout meals. HelloFresh is cheaper and better for you. Your body and bank account will thank you later. HelloFresh now has 40 weekly recipes to choose from, so whatever you're into or trying to achieve, you'll find it. They have family-friendly, veggie and fit and wholesome, and they are just so easy to cook. Sarah tried the Santa Fe pork tacos, and she had that on the table for her hungry family in only 20 minutes. That is so ridiculously quick and perfect for those busy work nights when you just cannot be bothered. To try HelloFresh yourself, go to hellofresh.com slash stolen65 and use code STOLEN65 for 65% off plus free shipping. For 65% off plus free shipping, use code STOLEN65 at hellofresh.com slash STOLEN65. In an incident at the Star Hotel, Smith's friends would witness Brockhill call Smith a slut and drag her by the arm before locking her in a toilet cubicle, or for talking to a man. That same night, Brockhill would punch Smith, saying she was going to drive them both over a cliff on the way home. Understandably, Smith started crying and begging Brockhill to stop. Brockhill told her partner to stop crying, or she would backhand her and give her something to cry about. Star would live with her great-grandparents for two months, And this is where I wish our story ended. Star was being loved and cared for. Anita and David would happily have kept Star and raised her. Smith could have been as little or as much a part of Star's life as she wanted. Star would have been safe, and none of what's about to come would have ever happened. But no, we know that doesn't happen. Because suddenly and out of nowhere, in March 2020, Smith would contact Anita and David and ask to see her daughter. Smith would take Star to her mother, Yvonne Spenley's home. Something so heartbreaking that I heard on Emmy Kenny's podcast about Star's story. When Smith came to get Star that day, neighbours would later report hearing Star scream hysterically. As small as Star was, she knew. She knew that her mother was not capable of caring for her. That going back with her mother meant going back to such terrors no one should experience, let alone a nine-month-old baby. Star knew with her great-grandparents she was safe and she was loved, and she didn't want to leave. Later, messaging her grandfather, David, Smith would say she and Star was going to spend the night with her mum. But when the elderly couple would later drive past Yvonne's home, they would see Brockhill's car in the driveway. Their hearts sank. They knew they would not see Star again for some time. Because what happens next? Lockdown. And as we saw in Arthur and Logan and Keegan stories, so many stories. Looking at statistics for lockdown, domestic abuse doubled. And because no one could see anyone, a lot of violence could be hidden. Social services weren't visiting people. These poor children, it was like no one cared. 
Unfortunately, the next time they saw Star would be almost two months later, on May 16, 2020, at Yvonne's home, where Smith, Brockhill and Star had also been living. There was a party for Yvonne's birthday. David, being the amazing, doting great-grandfather he was, he raced over to grab little Star and he covered her with kisses. That night, David would receive a message from Smith, quote, Don't you ever touch Star again. Don't pick her up. She is our star. She is our baby. Don't you ever come near her again. And if you do, I'll report you to the police. Unquote. Unfortunately, David and Anita wouldn't have the opportunity to go near Star again. These lovely people who gave Star the world for those two months, they would never see Star alive again. Smith would stop all contact with them after this point. It would be also around this time Jordan and his parents would also be denied contact with Star. Star's great-grandparents, who looked after her for 11 weeks earlier in the year, had become increasingly worried. everywhere. <laughs> Serious girl, aren't you? Deadly. Well, we were hearing things like she were being slam-choked. Now, we didn't know what that was. It's something to do with you grab them round the neck and throw them onto bed or something. It's something you do if you were karate or something like that, but it's not sort of the thing you'd associate with a 10-month, 11-month-old baby. Like. Only a week after Star went back to live with Smith, this would be when the abuse directed towards Star seemed to increase. Anita and David would hear from friends of a frightening incident between Brockhill and Star. When Brockhill would slam choke Star, that she would grab Star by the throat and slam her on the bed to, quote, toughen her up, unquote. This was enough for Anita and David. They would make a referral to children's social care, explaining the situation and how they were worried about Brock Hill's discipline of Star. According to records, children's social care, or CSC as we'll refer to them throughout this episode, CSC would make an unannounced visit on May 5th, 2020. Smith told the social worker that her grandmother only made the referral because she didn't agree with the same-sex relationship she was in with Brockhill. According to the CSC report, Star did not have any visible injuries, and the report was ended with no further follow-up required, and the report was marked as malicious on the behalf of Smith's grandmother. Jordan Hobson contacted the CSC to say that he had seen photos of Star sent to him by one of Smith's relatives. These photos showed bruises on Star's face and this worried him, especially since he hadn't been allowed to see his daughter in several months. By this time, Smith, Brockhill and 13-month-old Star were living in their own home, so police made a welfare check there. The police officer observed three bruises on Star's face. Smith explained these away as Star banging her head on the coffee table. Now, this story didn't fly with the police officer. These bruises seemed too extensive to be consistent with Star banging her head herself. A medical examination was ordered, but the doctor deemed Smith's story and Star's injuries to match up, and the toddler was discharged back into the care of her mother, and again it was case closed for CSC. In late June 2020, Smith and Brockhill would break up again. Smith would be in contact with a social housing organisation, advising them that she and her daughter was homeless because of a relationship breakdown and they didn't have accommodation. They found her and Star a home, an apartment of their own, a two-bedroom apartment on Wesley Place Nightly in West Yorkshire, and they moved in on July 3, 2020. Despite the supposed breakup, Brockhill would be seen frequently at Smith's new apartment. August 27, 2020. A family friend was babysitting Star for the day when she noticed a number of bruises to the little girl's face that looked like finger marks. And they took a video of this. Now, this video made its rounds around the family before making its way back to Anita and David. They would go to the police but there was never any physical eyes placed on Star because Brock Hill and Smith had taken her to Scotland on vacation. Now friends they went on this vacation with. They would later report being shocked when they saw Star. She had gone from a happy and smiley baby to a withdrawn child. 
that Smith acted like Starr wasn't even there and she was constantly drunk, that Smith left Starr in the walker for hours and didn't feed her. In fact, unless others fed Starr, she wouldn't have eaten at all, that Starr would be left in her bed until midday. Friends also saw Brockhill threatening violence against Smith. September 1st, 2020, while in Scotland, Smith called her doctor to say that Starr cut her lip when falling on cobbled steps, and it was, quote, swollen, oozing red and green stuff and split open, unquote. Green stuff? If it was me, I would have actually gone to emergency, but anyway. But since the doctor's surgery was closed, the doctor did suggest this to Smith, to go to the hospital, but this never happened. But because of the call and the concern, another safeguarding report was made. September 4th, 2020. Smith and Brockhill had returned from their vacation with Starr, and a welfare check happened at around 11am. In her report, the social worker would state that the home was clean, warm and tidy, and there was good attachment between Smith and Starr. Smith showed the social worker Starr's bruises, and they believed that this referral, like the last, was malicious and the concerns were not substantiated. September 13, 2020. Starr would be subjected to 21 blows over a period of three hours at the hands of Brockhill. This brutal assault would be captured on CCTV footage at a recycling plant in Doncaster where Brockhill worked as a security guard. At one point, the toddler fell out of the vehicle before being dragged back in and grabbed by the throat. Brockhill then literally uses Starr's stomach as a punching bag. Around 9pm that night, Brockhill would do a Google search. What happens when you get winded? What happens to the body when it isn't getting enough oxygen? And what happens to tissue when it doesn't get enough oxygen? Another search reading, can you die from being winded? And other similar ones. The cause of these searches, I'd say, are blindingly obvious. And this was not the first time Brockhill had made these searches. It is not clear who indeed assaulted Starr. We have physical evidence that Brockhill definitely did, but what role Smith played in the abuse is not clear. And when the pair were later arrested for Starr's murder, neither were forthcoming with admitting being the aggressor in the violence towards the 16-month-old. Both were very eager to blame each other. I 100% understand Smith was a victim of domestic violence here but I would have to be very naive to believe Smith was not compliant in the abuse against Starr. I would say I very much believe Starr was also an active participant in the beatings of her daughter. It seems that even the smallest indiscretion by Starr resulted in horrific punishments towards a little girl. At any excuse to beat Starr or make her stand facing the wall for hours or to withhold food from her, Smith and Brockhill took it. And like we saw with Arthur and Evan and so many other cases, Smith and Brockhill thought it would be a great idea to film the abuse. Actually, Starr's story reminds me so much of Arthur's. If you haven't listened to Arthur's story yet, and what happened to Starr makes you angry and heartbroken, just listen to Arthur's. That is one case that I don't think I'll ever move on from. The footage and the audio are haunting, but there are so many parallels here. An abusive step-parent, a manipulated and compliant parent, a child taken from a loving extended family, and COVID lockdown. Footage taken at a local restaurant, Witherspoons, where the couple would frequent. Smith filmed Brockhill taking Star and making her stand in the corner and telling the toddler off. She was forced to stand there for five minutes. Staff at the Witherspoons would say this was a common occurrence when Brockhill and Smith dined there with Star that they would see Star often being punished there, but they would never see the little girl eat anything. Footage from the apartment building. Star being made crawl up the stairs to the apartment. She is crying while Smith films her. Star would have had a broken leg at this point. When they get inside the apartment, Star is forced to stand at the wall. Star is crying throughout all of this while being aggressively told to stand there and not move by her mother. Another video. Star is crying and being shattered at by her mother. Star is sobbing uncontrollably and being rough-handed and told to stand in the corner by Smith. Star can barely stand. 
and she is carried to the corner by Smith, who continues to shout at her. Star is then left sat in the corner while Smith is sitting there holding her phone and just shouting abuse at her. Brockhill can be heard laughing in the background throughout. Yet another video. Both Smith and Brockhill are both filming Star from different angles. She is sitting in a green chair visibly exhausted and falling asleep. She is tied to the point that she falls forward out of the chair, hitting her head hard on the wooden floor. Now if this is me or you, what do we do? We run to the child. You pick them up and you comfort them. You make sure they are okay. But not Smith and Brockhill. They simply laugh and keep filming. Not only that, but Brockhill would later edit this footage in slow motion, and she adds dramatic music in the background. Are you fucking kidding me? And the video that I think is the worst, and look, they are all horrible, but this one shows just how complicit Smith was in the violence against her daughter. Smith is filmed holding Star's head underwater, apparently as punishment for crying. I don't know how many times I can say this. Star was a fucking baby. What do babies do? They cry as a main form of communication. What would have been going through Star's head during this time, during this moment, I can't comprehend. Brockhill also mentions during this video that Smith had just grabbed Star's hand and bent her fingers backwards. This is her own mother. By the end of September 2020, Star had suffered bone fractures to her skull, a brain injury, two fractures to her right shin bones, quote, caused by forceful twisting, unquote. There was fractures to Star's ribs that had also been refractured. At no time was Star taken for any medical care for any of these injuries until the day she died. September 20th, 2020, two days before Star's death. Star is captured on CCTV being dragged by a child rain by Smith throughout the Bradford City Centre. Star's head was flopping from side to side, and she wouldn't have been medically able to walk because of leg fractures that would have been less than a week old. Add on to that the fractured skull and the refractured ribs she would have also had, the pain this little girl would have been going through is inconceivable. Later that same day, Video from Brockhill's phone would show Star lying on the floor crying and in distress, Smith yelling at her, quote, Come on, get up, unquote, before lifting Star by the child rein like a puppet, while Star cries and screams in pain, before dropping her and leaving her in a heap on the floor. September 22, 2020, on the day of her death. Star was said to have had a cold but not on any medication for it. She woke up and had breakfast and was playing with her toys while Smith did housework. There would be a text exchange between Smith and Brockhill, with Brockhill asking Smith what she was doing and she replied, quote, sorting this child out, unquote. She also sent messages saying, quote, pulling my hair out and had enough of it, unquote. Brockhill told her to make Star stand in the corner at which Smith replied that Star was, quote, crying facing the wall, unquote. Brockhill would approve of this and state she was heading over. Smith going back to do her housework and Brockhill leaving the room as well to make a coffee in the kitchen, both leaving Star alone in the living area, allegedly. The only thing both Brockhill and Smith agree on after this point is that they heard a bang coming from the living room. Brockhill would get there first, she claimed she found Star on the floor next to the table lying on her back. As she walked towards Star, Brockhill allegedly noticed she was all floppy and had brown vomit coming from her mouth. Smith would also see Star now and state that her daughter was laid out and making a noise like she'd been winded and wasn't breathing properly. Brockhill picked Star up and slapped her on the bottom to try and revive her, the third slap causing Star to vomit again. Smith apparently asked Brockhill to hand her daughter over, but when she refused, she accepted Brockhill was best equipped because she knew first aid. Smith allegedly asked her to call an ambulance, but Brockhill refused because, quote, Star was going to die anyway, unquote. So instead of calling for emergency services, a number of searches were made about shocking babies and how to bring a baby out of shock. And again, so much like Arthur, Smith and Brockhill would also wait 12 minutes to call for help, 
which is a stupid length of time to wait to call paramedics when you're talking about a child who is seriously injured. In any other situation, again, you or me, you find your baby in medical trauma. You do not hesitate to call for paramedics. But after completing a number of Google searches while star lie dying for 12 minutes, a call to 999 was made at 3.45pm, September 22nd, 2020. Under the service, is the patient breathing? Uh, yes, yeah, she's breathing. Is she conscious? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. She's um, a bit of both, really. Basically, it's me partner's daughter. It's my little girl as well. I brought her up. Um, we've got all three children here playing. And uh, I was in the kitchen making a coffee, and they'd been in the living room, and I heard uh, a bang. So I came came out, and the little lad stood there, and the little girl's on the floor, and um, she she was crying, and then she stopped crying, and then she was sick, and now she's just a little bit floppy, to be honest with you. And what do you know how what the bang was? No, I don't know what the, I don't know if she's fallen off the off of the sofa. Or, I don't know. Josephine, there's three of them playing with us. And right. he, just, he just said, star, and when I walked in, she was led on the floor. Trish, darling. So you heard a bang, the patient was on the floor. I've heard a bang, yeah. I came in, and the little lad was saying, star, which is the little girl. Yeah. So, I've, I've obviously, I've, I've, I shouted the mum in, so sit up, star, so I sat her up. And I started to rub her back because she was, like, breathing but, like, struggling. Yeah. So I was rubbing her back. Um, she started to be sick. So I led her on the floor. Yeah. Put her in, like, CPR position, started to run, run her back. Um, she started to lose, lose breath. So I performed CPR on her. So you've done CPR on her? Yeah, I've done CPR. I've got her in the position, the recovery position, now. When paramedics arrived... Star was a waxy grey and barely breathing, and they had concerns for her life. She was dressed in only a diaper, which, interestingly, Brockhill had changed while waiting for the ambulance. I do wonder if there was something behind that. Had they not changed Star's diaper in some time? Was there blood in the diaper, and they were trying to hide it? I find it hard to believe Brockhill changed her because of her love and devotion to the child to make her feel comfortable. But when paramedics got Star into the ambulance, her breathing stopped. Star was in cardiac arrest. They began CPR and put a needle into this sweet baby's arm to deliver drugs to try and restart her heart. Unfortunately, all their efforts were in vain. Brockhill was right. Star was pronounced dead at about 5pm. The injury she suffered was so catastrophic there was no way they could have saved her. Brockhill would later state in her police interview that she could explain Star's injuries, that they must be because of the way she was giving CPR, that she was pressing on her stomach and not her chest. This is ridiculous. I don't pretend to know all about CPR, but even a child knows you don't press someone's stomach to give CPR. And like we saw in Arthur and Logan's stories... Star's injuries would be described as what doctors would normally see in someone who had been in a high-speed car crash. Her injuries were substantial, and all occurred at different times in the last few months of her life. Her external injuries were as many as 38. I've already mentioned all of Star's broken bones, or re-broken bones. 15 of those 38 injuries were to Star's skull, causing three separate brain injuries injuries that would have caused Star to regress in her development. Something that was already happening because Smith messaged her mum weeks before Star's death, that she was worried because Star was no longer standing or walking unassisted, that she wasn't crawling like she was before. Now this may be more related to her legs being broken, but it also may be because of these horrific brain injuries Star had endured at the hands of Brockhill and or her own mother. But the fatal injuries, what actually killed Star. The main vein that carried blood to the heart had been lacerated or torn, allowing large amounts of blood into Star's stomach. That would have been the brown liquid she was throwing up, her own blood. Star was bleeding to death internally. Star's liver was lacerated and there was also damage to her bowel, bruising on her lungs and pancreas. 
All these fatal injuries were caused by severe and forceful blow or blows by punching, kicking or stamping the abdomen of the baby, not by giving CPR like Brockhill claimed. This last action, the impact would have been immediate, leading to internal bleeding, causing a catastrophic fall in blood pressure and ultimately Star's death. It's honestly not surprising there was nothing medical staff could do to save Star. During their police interview, both Brockhill and Smith pointed fingers at each other or the other child present that day. Brockhill actually said it was a two-year-old that may have caused the injuries to Star by falling on her. How does that even make sense? I mean, if you're going to make up a story, at least put some effort into it and make it believable. Brockhill would deny murdering Star. She denied not requesting an ambulance. She said at some point she did change Star's diaper. She saw the ambulance and let them in. And the next thing she knew, Smith was calling her and telling her that Star had died. Brockhill would blame Star, saying the toddler was difficult, that she'd become hyperactive and would cry to get things and throw tantrums. Tantrums where she would fall over and injure herself. But no, she'd never hurt Star. That as far as she knew, Star didn't have any broken bones, and that she had no idea why Star walked with a limp. She didn't think to ask. Didn't think to ask about a child she went on a long speech about how much she loved and cared for. Smith would tell police that Brockhill was controlling and got angry when she spoke to certain people, just saying that Brockhill had, quote, a good backhand, unquote. Smith said she tried to leave Brockhill several times, but Brockhill would not accept it because Brockhill, quote, did what she wanted, unquote. Just coming back the next day like nothing happened. Again, are you kidding me? Smith had such an amazing and supportive extended family. She could have went to them at any time for help. Even if she didn't want to leave or she felt like she couldn't leave Brockhill, take Star out of the equation. I really find this a poor excuse. Another poor excuse for what happened to Star. Smith was adamant that any injuries Star had, Brockhill told her, were accidental. Brockhill would take Star out often, and when she returned, Star was always injured. But she never saw Brockhill directly abuse or hurt Star. That if she had seen anything, she wouldn't be with her and she would have called the police. Which really does contradict what she said earlier to her friend Pete, that she couldn't leave Brockhill and couldn't call the police or social services in fear of losing Star. But isn't that what happened anyway? What would have been worse? Hypothetically, Social services and police did take Star away from Smith. They would only place her with her great-grandparents, who Star already had a close bond with and who had already shown they were adequate caregivers. Smith could have still been in this little girl's life. Or what happened? Now Star is dead and no one can visit her and Smith is in jail for the rest of her life. It should come as no surprise to anyone that Smith and Brockhill would be arrested for Star's murder. They would both enter pleads of guilty. Unfortunately, nothing but tragedy would follow. Brockhill's family would take the blame for what happened, resulting in several vicious assaults against two family members. And Smith's father would suicide by overdose in June 2021, sending a letter to Smith in jail telling her to look after herself, and he would look after Star. The pain of what happened was just too much for him. It's too much for many. I'd like to start with a statement on behalf of the Hobson family. They would like to say that although they take no pleasure in today's verdicts, because it will never bring Star back, they welcome the convictions and at least can take some comfort in those convictions today. This has been a particularly upsetting, distressing investigation for everybody involved. No child should ever suffer as Star suffered and particularly not at the hands of those that are supposed to be caring for them and love them the most. Two days before the trial was meant to start, Brockhill almost dies. She's found face down in her prison cell. She had had a 90-minute seizure and required CPR to revive her. And while in hospital recovering, she would have another seizure and two cardiac arrest. Doctors blaming stress for the reaction, which I can understand but it wouldn't have been stress and grief for what she did to Star. This would have been completely self-absorbed stress for what she was facing, which was life in prison. 
October 2021 would mark the beginning of a seven-week trial in Bradford Crown Court in front of Judge Mrs Justice Christina Lambert in a jury of 12, 11 men and one woman. Smith and Brockhill would blame each other for what happened to Starr. Smith would speak of the violence from Brockhill, which we know to be true, but she felt like she could not do anything to stop it because she had nowhere else to go, which we know is a complete lie that Smith had a lot of extended family and friends which would have welcomed her and star into their home with open arms. And we know the apartment was Smith's. She could have called the police to have Brockhill removed and arrested for assault at any time. Brockhill would blame Smith for cutting out Smith's family from their lives, stating she was merely supporting her partner in that decision. And it was actually Smith who had become increasingly violent and abusive towards Starr and herself in the months before Starr's death. What is the truth here? We will never know. I honestly believe they are guilty as each other here, regardless who actually dealt the fatal blows to baby Star. But neither Smith or Brockhill would show any guilt or remorse or any emotion for this poor baby. They literally tortured and abused and starved and killed. What kind of human can kill an innocent child and be complicit to this and not be affected deeply and severely emotionally? This was your own child. You carried her for nine months and gave birth to her. A child that looked at you for everything, to make them feel safe and loved. No matter how long I do this podcast, I can never begin to understand it. I don't want to understand it because in no parallel universe this would ever make any sense. December 14th, 2021. Brockhill was found guilty for the murder of 16-month-old Star Hobson. She was given a life sentence with a minimum term of 25 years in prison. Smith was found guilty to the lesser sentence of causing or allowing Star's death. She would be sentenced to eight years in prison. Smith cried uncontrollably when her sentence was read. Mrs Justice Christina Lambert would call Smith, quote, a neglectful and callous parent who thought of her own interests, unquote. Now, because of the leniency in Smith's sentence, there was obviously a public outcry, an understandable public outcry demanding the sentence to be reconsidered. And the case was referred to the Attorney-General and Smith's sentence would be increased to 12 years. And it, the problems all sort of started then when Savannah came on the scene and her controlling nature... And we just found we'd lost Frankie because she'd changed, she was talking differently, she were treating Star differently. A 4th of May that she, she uh, contacted the social services, they used to come down and say, Savannah's, uh, what were the words, slam choke, we'd never heard of this word, slam choking Star. Yeah. She's picking her up and she's getting her arm round her neck and throwing her on the bed. And uh, Savannah sat Star on her knee and she said... Um, What's the problem? There's, you know, everything's fine. And the social services looked and they said, oh, I see, yeah. Well, it sounds to me like it's just malicious gossip. So we'll leave it at that. You know, we thought that they'd come to us and said, look, we're going to the house where Star is and we're going to do a referral. But nothing, you know. But, and then next thing we heard, the case had been closed. Well, the thing is, when Anita made a complaint, she actually said, look, we don't want another baby pee on his hands here, do we? And the, the lady on the phone said, from social services said, um, how do you mean? And we were shocked at her reaction. You know, how do you mean? You know what I mean? Well, baby pee died through abuse. And it just came across as being a bit like shambolic, really. Just so, so sad. It's like, I mean, you hear these things happening, but you never think it's going to happen to you. It's just... Because as a family, like, we were like the Larkins. We were like, you know, a big family. As I mentioned in Arthur's story a couple of weeks ago, a safeguarding review is being held concurrently involving the murders of Arthur and Starr. Independent chairwoman of the Bradford Partnership, Janice Hawkes, would open the review report stating, quote, I want to say first and foremost that Starr's death in such awful circumstances should not have happened and that we are truly sorry that it did. We knew agencies let Star down and we must put things right. Unquote. The chief executive of Bradford Council, Kirsten England, would front the media with a statement stating, quote, The murder of Star Hobson was horrific and distressing. 
and I am deeply sorry that opportunities to protect her from such cruel and despicable abuse were missed. We have already put into place steps to tackle this, but we recognise there is still work to do. And as a partnership, we are entirely committed to improving the safety of children across Bradford to prevent another tragic case like this from happening again. Unquote. I really don't know if these reviews really make a difference. There definitely needs to be better protocols around lockdown where these children were left to fend for themselves against their abusers. Because it seems this contributed largely to a lot of children's deaths. They were hidden. They were swept under the rug and forgotten about. And that's not a solution. You can't hide the problem and it goes away. These children have died. And only more will die unless there's a larger uphaul of these procedures. So child services are actually safeguarding these children like they're supposed to, instead of contributing to their murders. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.